in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, Top 10 fans, and welcome to another episode of Topic Thunder. Here for the Top 10 show, I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and uh, how does the show work, John? Uh, well, basically, the patrons who are at the $5 and above level send in a bunch of questions, comments, and thoughts uh, from numerous subjects. doesn't have to be entertainment or film-related. Matt and I do not read these ahead of time. We read them on the air, so you get our genuine, authentic raw reactions to these questions and uh these are one of the perks that you get when you're a patron patron member uh of the top 10 that's uh, patreon.com slash the top 10 number 10 there uh and come aboard the train look some of you are going back to work some of you are getting back out there and living your lives money is coming in again hey we've we've held it together for you guys every week here on the top 10 show giving you content new content twice a week for you to enjoy and have fun with sometimes three times a week we were doing golden tickets. So helping you the pandemic, we'd love it. If you started supporting us again, if you would kind of stopped your Patreon or weren't sure about it, we'd love for you to get back aboard the train here as we start uh, picking up speed again on the top 10 show and maybe start looking at some live shows in person, some in your city sometime in 2022. So it'd be great to kind of end the year in a very positive way. So if you've been hesitating, we'd love it for those of you who are watching to jump aboard the Patreon train with us. Please do. Um, I said, I think you said it wonderfully and you know, uh, I just be repeating all of it in a circular fashion. So I believe I start us this week. Yes, you do. Let's get it on. Um, so the first one comes from Joe Abara and he sent this to topic Thundre, you know, I like it. Thundre. Or is it like Tundre or something? I'm not entirely sure, but Thank you, Joe. All right. It says, what's happening, guys? I don't have much of a question this time. More on the lines of your thoughts or appreciation of sorts or an appreciation of sorts. Was just hoping you could give your opinion on John Carpenter. Uh, although he has many fans, I don't think he gets the admiration he deserves, not only for his directing, but for his writing and his composing as well. A couple of weeks back, I watched for the first time 1976's Assault on Precinct 13. This was about midnight when I put it on. And I was just going to watch a half hour and finish the rest the next night. I, however, ended up finishing it that night because I was so curious to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. The intensity of the film captivated me. The performances were compelling. The cinematography, incredible. The dialogue, especially from Napoleon Wilson, just so cool. Just an overall amazing film. Not just a subtle zombie movie in a way, but a great homage to Rio Bravo. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, please revisit. It's a film that still holds up. Carpenter's films just have a unique feel and style and don't get uh, you don't get from many filmmakers. Watching an interview Carpenter did, it surprised me that only once was he asked to compose someone else's film, which was Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. Right. Uh, almost all of his films have a runtime of 90 minutes, so they don't eat up a ton of your time. It's time that is uh, worth giving to. I recall Roca saying that he's not a fan of horror films, but can't help loving Halloween. Although Halloween and The Thing, in my opinion, which in my opinion may be the greatest remake of all time, uh, get the love they deserve. Assault, The Fog, 
Escape from New York, Christine, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, and even Prince of Darkness sometimes get forgotten. Your thoughts on his films or his music, gentlemen? Well, thank you for reading that incredibly long email uh, from Joe Barra when he, cl- he didn't have a question, but that was, <laughs> I feel like he's got a question here on all of this. So uh, when he was done, I guess he came up with a question by the time he was done. First thing I'll say is I wish I could break this uh, idea that I'm not a fan of horror films. I never, I don't know if that I ever said that I'm not a fan of the horror. I, I, I said I don't gravitate you to the horror it. genre. I yeah, gotcha. Right? Yeah. You know, I, it's not that you're not a fan. They no. just are terrible. <laughs> I'm selective of the horror that so I do I, like. man. Most horror yeah. sucks, in my opinion. Like, I, I like I like uh, revenge movies, right? And there are people who are who will watch Friday the 13th Part 10 who will not watch a revenge movie. Uh, and, you know, I don't slight them for not loving revenge movies or anything like that. It's just that it's not their genre. But they'll like the good ones, just like I'll like the good horror films. I'm not a fan of just horror for horror's sake or slash films. So I demand more from the genre because mm-hmm. I get scared like crazy when watching. So, uh, but let's get to the general point here. Maybe someday that stigma will die. Perry hung that on me and has hung on me for the rest of my life. Um, this idea of John Carpenter, I don't think you're right that people don't appreciate Big Trouble Little China. There's usually there's literally Funko Pops. People have oh, yeah. conventions for Big Trouble Little China. People love Big Trouble Little China. Escape from New York still talks gets talked about reverence. But yeah. you're right about Assault on Precinct 13. You're right about The Fog and Christine. They Live does get talked about because of Roddy Piper and the fight mm-hmm. and all of that. And Prince of Darkness also gets forgotten. That's a damn good horror film. I, I like a lot of what Carpenter has done. Yeah, I was I was surprised when I found out later in life that he had composed the music for a lot of his films. I'm so, the same. But yeah, so for me, I do appreciate him, uh, and I do think some of his, his films getting forgotten. But I think people have a very strong opinion about John Carpenter, and out of respect. But he's not a showy guy. He doesn't. Mm-hmm seek attention he doesn't seek praise he doesn't seek people lauding him so he's not going to get that kind of like crazy attention but for any film fan when you say john carpenter i think they can speak knowledgeably about him uh whenever they're asked about it i i do as well i think john carpenter is not the example to be made if you're going to say horror directors that you know you know what i mean that people don't talk about right right because he is one he's just rattled off Four movies that make all kinds of various lists for different genres. Oh yeah, uh, it's so John Carpenter's <laughs> fine. He now he never got the Spielberg level, but he wasn't making right. Spielberg type movies. Yeah, that's not his jam. Yeah, they're not feel good movies by and large. Right. Um, some of them don't like Escape from New York doesn't hold up for me anymore. Oh really? Uh, a little too. It's just a little too cheesy. It's like the wrestling scene is just so god awful. Oh, yeah. It is kind of pretty bad. It is fucking terrible now. I watched it a few years ago. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, the weight to swing and all of that. Yeah, You're like, it's so it's, obviously staged. It's yeah. so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and we're both huge Kurt Russell fans. I, I'm oh, a yeah. fan of a ton of what John Carpenter does. I'm not knocking it. In Find me another director where every one of his movies holds up for me. It doesn't exist. Yeah, right. So it's not, you know, I apologize. Our taste didn't align if that's your favorite of all time, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm very similar. Once you find out he did the music too, and you're like, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Because you, he created a very distinct style that that benefited his movie greatly. Mm-hmm. He just has this mm-hmm. overall vision for these pieces. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's kind of like, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Mad Max. 
Oh yeah, uh, George Miller. Thank the you, director. Yeah, um, George Miller has. It's a George Miller joint. Yeah. Um, but I think of that where somebody comes in and just like that is entirely your idea. Yeah. Uh, and it's really impressive. But I think Carpenter gets his due. I do like. I haven't seen the fog in so long. I oh yeah. Uh, I don't mind the mist, the Stephen mm-hmm. King one. Right. Um, with the original uh, fog, you mean it's the original fog? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else he got. Christine's all right. Yes. Eh, you know. Let me let me throw some at you that he didn't mention, uh, which I think should get mentioned when you talk about John Carpenter. Um, uh, uh, print, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm on the writing. Uh, hold on. Mm. I've got the list here on IMDb. I apologize. There's Starman. He didn't mention Starman, and Starman certainly deserves. A lot of love. I would give. Oh, I hate <laughs> Starman. I what you hated it. You didn't like Snyder Jam. Is that hold on? Starman with the one with Bridges. Yes, Jeff Bridges and Karen yeah, Allen. I hated Starman. Oh my god! All right. I saw it in the theater as a kid. I hated every second of it. It was one of the first cinematic what? movie experiences that I just hate because I thought it was going to be something else. Not oh, an alien coming to Earth and people dealing with their the nature of man and also mortality and. I wanted a star man. I wanted him to do cool shit. I was a little kid. As that little kid, glowing like, What's ball this thing? existential bullshit, Ma? <laughs> well, not when you're... What year did that come out? 1985? Yeah. Th- wait, hold star man. 1986? It is... Where do they put the years on these things? Oh, 84. 84. 84. So I was right. five when I saw yeah, those. This is not a movie for no. you when you're five. You I hated it. Point. And I've, I, I tried to... Like, I watched some scenes a couple of years ago. Just yeah, yeah. Like, I was a kid, you know, doing that assessment. What is my opinion really of this? Right. Uh, and so I went back just to catch those like iconics. And if they pulled me in, all right, I'll sit down and watch the whole thing again. Right. And right. I saw those and was like, no, nah, this just brings up every feeling I had as a father. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't enjoy this experience, even though qualitatively, I'm yeah. sure it's a good movie. Daniel's got nominated for a fucking Oscar. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So yeah, it's clearly a good movie on some level. He almost um, and he kind of reprised it in K Pax, where he's the psychiatrist who's dealing with uh, Kevin Spacey, who you thinks he's an alien. Yep. I don't hate K Pax. I yeah. don't hate it. All right, fair. I know Is I it like good. K-Pax no, too. but it's interesting and yeah, it's watchable. Yeah, another movie I'll bring up from 1979. He did that Elvis TV movie where Kurt Russell played Elvis. If you haven't seen that film, mm. that's a goddamn good movie, and that's maybe the best film about. Actually, Elvis, this side of uh, Bubba Hotep. So uh, I would uh, uh, recommend that one, too, for Carpenter fans. If you haven't seen that. Um, yeah, Memoirs of an Invisible Man is so forgettable. In the Mouth of Madness oh. is interesting. I actually like In the Mouth of Madness. Right? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it feels incomplete. Yeah. But I don't know exactly how you get to a satisfying conclusion in that story. Right. But it's creepy uh, as fuck. You got Sam, a young Sam Neill. Uh-huh. We've got Jürgen Prock now, the classic German villain in the 80s. You're going to open the gate to, to his hell. He's great. But yeah, there's a lot of good. In that movie. It's, <laughs> it's so over the top. The old woman, the innkeeper. Yeah, the and then later on, you see that it's the husband. is like S&M <laughs> bondage at its worst. Just, <laughs> that's what happened to Zed after 30 years or whatever. That's all uh, I know. This is all I know, man. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, he did. A, yeah, it, it's been a law of diminishing returns after about after in the mouth of yeah, Ghost of Mars, I think is his. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Vampires. I didn't um, see it. Escape from L.A., which was terrible. Um, Village of the Damned. And then his last one was The Ward in 2010. And that one was with Amber Hurt right when she was like just starting out. Um, and someone else as well who's in that movie, Amber Heard and, oh, yeah, Mamie Gummer, who is um, Meryl Streep's daughter. So, mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, uh, Joe, for sure. I think we hear you. Uh, but Carpenter is very much appreciated. Maybe not, maybe not amongst your circle of friends, Joe. And that's sometimes what happens for us is we get, you know, you get around certain people and they don't talk about Carpenter. But, like, for those of us living amongst the film fans here or in on the West Coast, I guess, um, Carpenter's name is brought up all the time. Like there's Carpenter Fests. Oh, yeah. Uh, the local movie theaters in L.A. I remember used to do those like, you know, like double bills of Carpenter stuff and have discussions. So Carpenter is very much revered amongst the film world. Now, maybe out there in the mainstream, maybe it's not as uh, prevalent. But, you know, what are you going to do about that? That's just the game. Yeah. yeah. I could easily do a couple variations of double bills on his Oh yeah. Movies. For Carpenter? Oh yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Like a thing into big trouble. Cause I, I like to close with comedies. If I watch more than one a day, if I can help it, right. Then you just kind of relax. Although if it's Oscar time, then you're just kind of stacking the dramas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, thing they live. I might go back and do a little fog. Yeah. The fog's um, good. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think Carpenter, Gets his due by and large, at least in our circles. Yeah, yeah. Even Dark Star, his first like film, is it's a comedy, but it gets a lot of love um, uh, for what it does. You know. Um, all right, let's move on to our next question. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, sir. I'll take it here. Gmail. It's from Robert Haley. What's up, Robert? He says hi, John and Matt. A recent conversation by the Cinephiles, my second favorite podcast behind the top ten. Oh, thank you. Uh, touched on how important the Holocaust is to the X-Men. Oh, that's right. We did talk about that. With mutants now coming to the MCU and presumably being set in modern times, my opinion is we, is we need to move past that event while still maintaining the conflicts and ideas that make the X-Men so interesting. My thought would be to use South African apartheid, which allows the discussion around human rights and also allows you to cast actors slash actresses of color. What are your thoughts on how Marvel can update the X-Men while still honoring the ideas they were founded on? And sorry for the wall of text, Robert Babo Haley. So, Matt, what do you think? Do you think they should move away from the Holocaust? In no way are we denigrating the Holocaust by uh, having this conversation. We're just saying, do you think they should move away, maybe look towards South African apartheid, which is a little more recent in the, in the, uh, ended in the 80s? So, um, well, I mean, I think part of the reason why it's so hard to incorporate X Men is because X Men turns the fictitious world real. Yeah, because of that tie into the Holocaust, right? Yeah, previous catastrophes are just within the lore of our shared world, right? Like Thanos didn't really happen in our exactly, world, but right. it happened in New York, and you can put it in a setting there. Whereas now you're saying, yeah. "Oh, the Holocaust happened," so yeah. then the rest of this is real. It just, but it's important. It's an interesting piece. Although at this point, I don't think we need to see it from Magneto for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. As MCU introduces them into the universe, there's got to be a way that they do that. Uh, I would imagine they're not going to shy away from it. Well, I don't know, Matt, because they've done like they brought Spider-Man in and they've yet to mention Uncle Ben. There's like 
a line in the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, where he mentions something, alludes to something, but doesn't really go into it. So they've done a decent job of not going into too many of the origin stories of the ones that don't have to. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I wonder if for this one, because everyone knows the X-Men origin story backwards and forwards, that they'll kind of skip over it. I can't imagine we'll get the origin story for Batman in the Batman coming out next year um, in that. So I, I God, I, I hope not. Yeah, right? I really, if it is another one of these, it's like, how many do we need? Bat- Batman and Spider-Man to me, done. We don't yeah. ever need to see it again. Yeah. At least not for another decade or so. At least, yeah, I feel like you've over, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like you've overstayed you're welcome with the origin story on these two characters because you've yes. chosen to reboot them multiple times exactly within one person's lifetime. So it's like that's just, this is not the way it should be going down. Superman, I think you can make a case either way. Right. Um, right. right. Because it's been a while. There's only been, what, two real origin stories because Superman yeah. Returns was a yeah. flash forward type of thing. Right. Um, but they're two such different beginnings. Do you know Brando and the whole we're gonna get off the planet? And then we got this other one where he's riding like this dragon type thing. So you've gotten two completely different origin stories. So in that way, you've not gotten the audience accustomed to the same origin story. Yes, Krypton dies and whatever, but like they're different approaches. So you can clear the space for a, another origin approach for Superman. So yeah, I do agree with you on that. Yeah. I just don't know that Magneto's story is as prevalent as any of those that we just mentioned, so they might feel that they have to give a, a backstory to that character yeah. to explain mm-hmm. his motivation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting once they do cross that path, because it's inevitably coming. They own Fox now, so they got the rights yeah. back, mm-hmm. and there's no reason not to integrate them, especially in this multiverse of madness. Right, that's coming. Yeah. Yeah, so... Who the hell knows what in the world they've got uh, in plan? Yeah, with uh, the Deadpool and Korg uh, thing yep. that came out the yesterday, trailer thing. day and a half. Yeah, I mean that's basically that's a Fox former Fox property with a current MCU property. So they're both under the MCU banner or the Disney banner. So it's kind of fun to see that the possibilities yeah. there. So right about that, another yeah. former Fox <laughs> property while making fun of. Fox. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Synergy. Um, but then also the other uh, side of this is um, you ask about the apartheid. Uh, uh, you ask about all this, Bobo. And uh, I, I hear you. I, I don't think we need to connect it back up to the Holocaust. Um, and, it's you know, the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. 70 years in the history of time is not that far ago, not that long ago. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if they would never do this. But if they had the guts or the balls to make Professor X and Magneto black, you could play around with what's been going on in this country, not apartheid. You can make it even more uh, um, uh, topical by making it about you know police brutality or something like that. You Boy, could explore that or the race. I'm just saying they would never do this. I was about to say because do you too- see Disney. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They were deciding to do but, this. That's where yeah. it's an interesting concept. I love it. The pitch is awesome. Well, because everyone feels like, well, no, I'm sorry. A lot of people feel like this was created. Uh, X-Men were created, as, of course, to symbolize racism, you know, being different. Yeah. Uh, and then Magneto, a lot of people say that Magneto's like Malcolm X, whereas Professor X is like Martin Luther King Jr. And that's a very simplistic approach. Certainly, there's you can argue there's nuances to both. 
um, but yeah, so you could put it really on the nose doing it that way. But like you said, I can't imagine Disney being like, okay to do this. No. So, yeah. Maybe turn um, one of them a person, you know. Yeah. Call somebody sure. not white. Sure. 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 Uh, yeah. Who knows? Um, mess about with that. I mean, I did like the choice for the gentleman at the end of episode six of Loki. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not to, so, not to spoil anything, but yeah, yeah I apologize great. if I did. No, no, but we haven't said anything. He's, he's I, great. Yeah. But I was like, interesting. And okay. I like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we probably shouldn't get into it. It's only been what a week, a little over. Well, no, uh, a day or two it came out on Wednesday. Yeah, but by the time they oh, hear oh, this, right, you're right, you're right. Sorry about that. You're right. So uh, next uh, Thursday, so a week. Yeah, good. Point. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be. But I don't think apartheid works that much. I don't think apartheid really affects America the way the Holocaust no. does, because obviously uh, Jewish or, people in this country, yeah, you know, talk about the Holocaust, want to make sure people never forget about the Holocaust. Whereas apartheid, is that really a huge South African contingent of people here in this country? you know, who survived that. It's just a yeah. different approach to it. I get your point, Bubba, but I just don't see the domestic approach to it would necessarily use apartheid as the I, symbol. I just think as far as top of the mind awareness and understanding mm-hmm. of what, when you just say simply Holocaust or apartheid, yeah. people can associate all kinds of different themes and images and stories with yeah. the Holocaust, which apartheid was an oppression that it's been going on for a long time for mm-hmm. all kinds of different people through the course of human history. Now it's just rebranded as apartheid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas Holocaust can be like, mm, that's kind of, it's a singular one. It happens yeah. a much, you know, much more infrequently still does though. Good times. Yes, of course. Sadly. Yeah. Sadly. sadly. No. Um, um, all right. Uh, anything more to say on that or should we move on to the next one? Uh, no, but I mean, interesting yeah. question, Bob. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like it. And what will they do? Uh, will they bring that in? Uh, who knows? Oh, well, he does say, what are your thoughts on how Marvel can a- update the X-Men while still honoring the ideas they were founded on? Well, I guess we kind of talked about that through the prism of the apartheid suggestion. So, yeah, I mean, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even mention the Holocaust and just they're already fully formed. They're already fully this. Yeah. And maybe there's a flashback. Yeah, this guy can move metal. Move on. Right. Move on. Exactly right. Move this on. Is, I mean, it's an entire as, world of people that do all kinds of interesting and strange things. Right. So right. This one moves metal. And as we open the door to mysticism and uh, alligator Lokis, I mean, I think, you know, someone who can move metal or bend metal is not that big of a deal, you know? And we, no. if we're bringing over Deadpool, that means we're bringing over those movies and Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead are in those movies and they're X-Men. So therefore X-Men already exist in the MCU. So it's just like, how are you going to make this work? You know, you know, it's weird so, if, yeah. for whatever reason, my brain is arbitrarily. Uh, the end of WandaVision, right? And yeah. they go full yeah. Wiccan. Yeah. That in a world where you have Dr. Strange, who's conjuring metaphysical spells exactly. and all these other aliens coming from us for some reason, but the idea of Wiccans in marvel even though she's a witch but it's like uh, how literal are any of these fucking names right 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 but she ends up becoming because i never read scarlet witch mm. as a kid so i know some of her backstory but not a lot it's, it right, was always right. her envision uh at least in my world for what but i just envision like 
sad kids going out into the fucking forest and performing <laughs> incantations and spells and lighting fucking incense, you know, standing around a campfire. Every time you say Wiccan, it doesn't sound <laughs> impressive to me. So, yeah. but this dude over here is doing the same thing with, you know, with the, right. the, the time stones, like, oh, whatever yeah. the fuck. Like there's any difference to it, but I just associate it with that. So specifically my head where it's oh, they're Wiccans. Ooh. <laughs> well, we'll see, man. She's going to be in that. Oh, she's that, super yeah. powerful. I'm not yeah. saying it's not a yeah. good character. And I liked WandaVision, but yeah. just calling it a Wiccan as opposed to a witch for some reason was just a bridge too far in my brain. Yeah. And the Hollywood Reporter, and I know this is a week later, so it's not a, a big deal. I'm sure this will break. Uh, uh, said that it, they they believe that uh, Loki will be appearing in Multiverse of Madness, so you'll get Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, kind of. How could he so, not? He's the yeah, exactly. How could he <clears throat> not, dude? Yeah, one of the few that knows what the hell's going on. He's going to be key. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he is. It wasn't in the end of the last run, so they set him up to be. Yeah. And for the the type of problem it is, it makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, all right. Anyway. Do uh, we got about uh, well, we're 25, 26 minutes in. Do you want to cut it or do you want to do another one? Um, let's do one more. All right. Uh, so, well, yeah, go ahead. Luke, uh, this one is from Luke Allison. Yo, Luke. It says, greetings, Matt and John. I recently rewatched one of my favorite comedies, Hot Rod. <laughs> While I adore the comedy of Andy Samberg and crew, one of my favorite comedic moments is when Chester Tam's character, Richard, dances around town while throwing flyers up in the air. It's such a stupid moment, but I die laughing every time. It got me thinking about the funniest comedic performance by those who aren't even known to be in the movie. Uh, some that come to mind were Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation. She's awesome. Great call. Mm. The Grandmother in Parenthood or Johnny in Airplane. Do you have any favorite comedic moments in movies by actors other than the primary cast? Oh, Thanks for taking time shit. to answer my question, Luke Allison. This is a great question. God damn it, dude. Wow. Do you want to give ourselves, instead of answering this question, give ourselves a homework assignment when we come back with our top like three for next I like week. this idea. Yeah, a homework assignment on this one. Because... A little homework assignment for once, Luke. It's a good yeah. question. It's a Anthony great question. It's a great call. Yeah. It's a great call. And Johnny and wow. Airplane, of course, Johnny and Airplane yeah. is so good. <laughs> I'd say three minimum. If you come up with more, yeah, then go, great, go for it. But try and come in with three. There's a little homework. Instead of answering that question, Luke, you gave us a homework assignment, and we're enjoying it. And others, don't think you can just start assigning work, because that shit yeah. ain't going to fly around come these parts. Now. Come on, this is organic. Law don't fly around here. Law <laughs> 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 don't fly. They got a lot on fly. <laughs> oh, um, hell no. We don't do that here. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Can I tell you about something I discovered, man? Just as we wrap that? up the show. I've been trying to find things to kind of calm my mind down when I get an hour or so. And uh-huh. I've done meditation. And, of course, I still do occasional meditation or whatever. But I've discovered this. Because we're not going to answer this question, so we might as well end the show. So, we'll, But um, I've discovered this thing on YouTube. They have these things. I guess they're called ASMR. I don't mean the people that like eat and shit like that. Mm-hmm. This is no, with 4K videos of someone recording like an hour and a half walking through the snow in New York mm-hmm. on the streets or in the parks or whatever, or walking through the rain in London. For There's one for three hours where a person's just walking through the rain for three hours. And I'm like, this is so fucking calming. And it's in 4K, so it's pristine. 
If you were to even open your eyes, it's pristine to watch. This is an incredible way to like, it's almost meditation with your eyes open. I don't know if you've tried this before and I don't even um, know if it remotely interests you, but I was just looking at that the other day. And I was like, this is incredible. Uh, I've heard of it. it okay. And I, but I've never like dove into it. Although mm-hmm. the, you describing both of those, but especially walking around in the rain. I love yeah. doing that. Yeah. I love it when it just like, you know what? Uh, we're going to be out in the rain all day today. And you just kind of mentally prepare for it. And it's great. You're yeah. on your own little world and there aren't as many people out and you can just kind of go about and walk around and do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went to Disney once and it was pouring rain and we just wore ponchos and we we're like, fuck it. We're getting wet today. Yeah. And it was a blast. It's my favorite thing to do. Favorite time to go to theme parks is when it's raining because you're right. It's less people and you just, you're in your own world and you kind of, no one messes with you. You kind of do your thing. People to keep their distance because they're all just trying to not get wet. Um, it's great. You're absolutely right on that. Dude. You're yeah. a thousand. And I think even the attendants are in better moods because yeah. there's fewer people to contend with. But also every person that comes up and be like, look at you out in the rain <laughs> like an asshole. Get in here. Get in here. Dry off for a second. Ride the ride. Get the, get the fuck back out there, you dumbass. Um, <laughs> But they're always there, like they look at you like your troopers. Like yeah. somehow this is this is the Vietnam of theme parks. <laughs> you <laughs> you fucking, to this. Yeah, exactly. You just you don't know what the overall objective is. There's no you gotta win. You're in country, son. You're in <laughs> yep. country. <laughs> yep. Everybody's an enemy and a friend simultaneously. <laughs> it is Vietnam. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Unclear objective. <laughs> you can win. Oh, um, that's so great. But yeah, I, I fucking, that's fun. I love walking around in the snow, especially one of my favorite things is going skiing when it's whiteout conditions where it's coming down so heavy. Oh wow! That it's yeah. difficult to see in front of you. Now you can run into troubles, like if you hit uh, moguls and whatnot, and you can't see them, and all right. of a sudden there's it's buried under powder, but still, yeah, it's a change of direction you weren't expecting immediately. Uh, that gets dicey and I've been in those too. And that's not as near as fun, but <laughs> when it's coming down thick and you're just cutting through it, oh, and just, you can listen to, it's just so quiet. Yeah. There's no noise whatsoever because the sound coming down, you just hear that the weather effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. I didn't know they did the three yeah. hour like that though. It's, it's, it's in its first person. And so you'll occasionally see the umbrella, the edge of the umbrella come down in camera, but it's first person. So you're just walking. And all it's incredible, and people are walking by, and I don't know how they're doing. Either they're attaching a GoPro, a or GoPro. Done, yeah, it's yeah. it's stellar, man. I, I discovered this, and I was like, oh my god! And I I lost a what an hour and a half the other day, just kind of because I was like, I need to take a break from everything. I need to lie down and kind of decompress. And I just put that on, and just like would occasionally open my eyes and then close them and open them and close them as I'm watching this whole thing happen. It was great, and it's also kind mm-hmm. of an interesting way to discover that city. Like there's a Tokyo yeah, sure. one in the rain that is fantastic. Uh, so just interesting ways to, oh, dude, to kind I of explore it. Yeah. Got sucked into a channel of an English guy that lives in Japan called abroad in Japan. Oh shit. And I've watched, I don't know how many of them it's, it's weirdly interesting and engaging and it's just simple like travel logs or yeah, what's yeah. this like in Japan. Right. It's surprisingly, uh, I, I'm not saying surprisingly because I obviously enjoy it, but I didn't right. expect when I stumbled upon the first one and the algorithm from YouTube for some reason got recommended. And now I've ended up watching a, a lot of them. 
Uh, yeah, that this fucking here. YouTube algorithm, man, it can get you. It gets you. This here is a Japanese castle. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, it's yeah. Well, it's just like the difference, or or how he forced himself because he didn't know the language to learn. Yeah. Right. And oh, interesting. The little tricks, like there's one video where he talks about like the I think they're called Goji. There's two different sets of characters. Huh. But one is based on it's basically like cobbling together old languages. Right. So this part of the character means this, and then these bottom two mean this. But they always mean that whenever they're assembled. That's how you read whatever it is, and they're descriptors of an idea, right? As opposed to a sentence. Huh. Um, okay. And it just, but then it's also he took a bike tour across the country, so it's just like here I am in this prefecture, and he's got a friend with him, and they mm-hmm. do. They went to this weird statue. The place in the middle of the night that was super creepy, oh. but then they're also going like, "Hey, check out this market," and we go to the here right. or right whatever area of uh, went to Fukushima, and oh okay, just went around there and the areas affected by Fukushima. And uh, wow, I don't know, it's just like all over the place. Surprise, and it's shot really well. The the Damn. dudes engaging, it's interesting. Okay, okay, that's cool. All right, well, that's a good way to end the show. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. A good recommendation. All right, Luke, uh, we've got an assignment for next week. We do. Three. So we three non-stars of the of comedy films whose performances attract our attention when we watch those films. Yep, I like it. I like it. Um, okay, well, thanks everybody for watching uh, this episode of Topic Thunder. We always appreciate you all being patrons of the channel for sending in your questions, your thoughts, and comments. Thanks to Bobo, Joe Ibarra, and Luke Allison for your questions. And thanks to all of you for watching as well. Those of you who are not patrons, thank you very much for clicking mm-hmm. a, a play on this or for downloading the episode and listening to it. And please, as I said at the beginning of this thing, I encourage you all to become a patron patron, so you can uh, get even more benefits uh, from us here at the Top 10. Right, Matt? Please do, and head over to patreon.com forward slash the Top 10 with the number 10. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Top Ten Show and on Instagram and YouTube. It was uh, the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten, so forward slash the Top Ten Podcast. And uh, please follow me at Matt Nose, and that is it for me this week. You can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram, and we'll talk to you. Oh, and on Twitch, The Outlaw Nation, and we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Thunder.